riding with Velvet Tom. And now, your host with really bad timing, Velvet Tom. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good evening, good morrow to you, sir. This is Bad Timing with Velvet Tom. I'm your host, lover, loser, legend, Velvet Tom. I am so happy to be back after a month-long off. I took July off because it's my birthday month, so why not take one day I'm born and blow it into 31 days of hedonistic partying, the celebration. But I think... That's what everybody's doing right now. It is a wardrobe of t-shirts and no pants. A lot of shirt cocking going on these days. I can only speak for myself, Velvet Tom. What's happening since we last listened to each other? That was, boy, that was a while ago. I'll tell you what's happening. 160,000 people have died of a flu that we can't seem to get under control because a bunch of wealthy assholes don't want to do anything to get it under control because they find it to be politically advantageous that it is around in the first place because they don't know how to pay attention to the Constitution and the fine fucking print. So that's why we're here. Probably so many unnecessary, unneeded deaths, but that's what we're in the middle of, folks. When they're in the middle of this and we keep on enduring and persevering and making bread, we make so much bread around here. It shows, too. We've, we've, we've put on the COVID-20. What else? I, I, I talk about my garden. I've grown this garden to prehistoric levels it's just huge and it has cucumbers and tomatoes and all sorts of yumminess just falling off the vine so that's what we're trying to do with our time and of course coming back and talking to you folks uh, looking back taking a step back and looking at all of my episodes thus far which is only seven episodes on a weekly basis I'm what this has become is recognizing women in the arts. Uh, save for my first interview, which was with Whitney Melton, uh, who was my comedy partner. Like, we were going to do a show just weeks before we did that first interview. And we didn't get to do it because, as I said back then, once the NBA cancels, maybe your little black box show should cancel, too. And uh, from then on, it's been females in the arts. It's been women actors, models, burlesque performers, future mermaids. Shout out to Carmel. So I uh, had all these great interviews, and this one is just as special. This episode today is with uh, director, comedian actor, so many hyphenates, and she's earned them all, Debbie Bradshaw. Uh, now, Debbie and I first met in 2013 at Langer's Deli here in Los Angeles, uh, but we probably should have met 20 years before then because 
our career lives have paralleled so much uh, from where we started out, which was in the city of Chicago, uh, and where we went to school, which was Columbia College, and how we were all just, just slightly just a few years difference from one another. And what a difference those few years made, because she was telling me some great stories. You'll get to hear it. It is a 90-minute uh, interview of catching up and going, oh, you went there? Oh, I went there. I And, you know, I was just, I was floored because I kept on saying, I can't believe we didn't meet sooner. And then it gets more bizarre because her brother, Steve Mackler, and that is her maiden name, Mackler, is also a fine chap and was so welcoming to me when we were doing murder mystery dinner theater uh down on the uh, i think it was the west side we were at some restaurant that ended up closing i don't think we even ended up doing it there anymore i think there was like one more gig but steve was like the coolest he was the nicest and and i didn't even make the connection until years later i was like that's your brother oh my gosh and then his wife beth and then their child and Oh my gosh, just great family vibes all together. Uh, Debbie was great to talk to. Uh, she has a, a great project out right now that was her baby called Hot Cake, uh, which was a short film which has been taken to many uh, film festivals, but it has developed into something else, and she's going to talk all about it right now. Me, what am I going to do? I am going to shut up. And I am going to let you listen to this very velvety interview with Debbie Bradshaw. There's so many things to talk about. We're recording now to talk about them. Uh, say hello, everybody, to Debbie Bradshaw. Ah. Oh, no, they're supposed to say hello. And everybody can say, yeah, Phil. Well, Let's see how many people will talk to their iPods. Is an iPod a thing anymore? Or it do... is. We have one. You yeah, do? My son. Yes, yes. We've got so much technology in this house. It is, I never dreamed that we would have uh, four different, five? I don't know. I can't count because I'm, I'm totally. well, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm above uh, uh, my son's age, but he's, all, he's 10 now. Congratulations so, to him. Yeah, did yeah. he have a birthday or something? Yes, that's where the technology came into play for uh, his 10th birthday. He had a he had a switch. He had this computer that I'm on now. Uh, or no, he had his own computer. And yeah. then he's looking at the TV. And uh, yeah, it was, and then it, it sounded like a, I mean, you, you would have thought it was a Chuck E. Cheese, but with all the laughing and the fun they were having, it was, because last year we had it, actually for two years in a row, we had his birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. So, yeah, RIP. But, um, Oh, yeah, know. gone, right? Yeah, sad. Is it gone because of this, because of coronavirus, because it can't stay open? Or did it go further yeah. or... Was it gone yeah. longer than that? Oh no, no. I mean, we were we, we could have had another party. Uh, he really enjoyed them. Uh, maybe even three years. Um, maybe uh, he we we. It was just an easy way to not just you know you're they they plan everything um, and they have a, a Chuck you know the Chucky guy the 
he comes out and and there's several parties happening at the same time so it 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 was it's a it's chaotic i mean if you remember and and gross i mean honestly it's like it's it's a cesspool and i'm oh yeah shocked that they you know they have a salad bar option which i don't know who but there were people that were actually enjoying that salad bar i mean who's just eat the pizza and wash your hands. We had we brought our own hand sanitizer, so maybe we were ahead of the curve. I bet. I bet. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, you got kids around and germs, and next thing you know, you're gonna hear Sally got sick at your birthday party for, and then it's just like, oh, can I tell you a story? We went to the um, like like you're gonna. No, um, I I went to a, a birthday party at a Chuck E. Cheese where someone told me that they were um uh that the kid had the stomach flu two days before but they decided to still have the party and she made the cake and um i was like what what i'm not i was i was telling harley you are not eating that cake he was really mad (laughs) i was like yeah have a slice of my sick cake Yes. Yeah. That's happy birthday to all that. No. So I have a germ thing anyway. So that, that just put me, I mean, I was miserable for that party because I just was thinking about, you know, this is the stomach flu infested, you know, cake and people and but yeah, I mean, the kids are very famous for not being hygienic and everything. At all. Yes. They're disgusting. They're disgusting little uh, sugar devourers, really. Yes, yes. So this was, this party was, was (laughs) germ-free. Nobody was, I mean, it was really um, amazing. I I couldn't believe how, um, I I don't know, it just, it felt like there was, you know, 20 people in our room yelling and screaming, and they were all having a ball. So the kids had a good time um, during this virtual party, and I'm grateful because it's so weird. Yes, it's such a weird, weird time. Uh, yeah, for it's very weird. I'm glad everybody had a good time virtually, but on some level, you know, I we've had a few Zoom parties where we've played games. You know, we've had game night. Okay, uh, we haven't hosted it. We've been we've been hosted by. Uh, but it's like after we're done, we're so relieved that all we have to do is push the leave meeting button and just are like, oh, look, we don't have to drive home from somebody's house kind of half in the bag, crossing yeah. our fingers. I, I, <laughs> I know. I, I feel like this is my introvert's dream. I, <laughs> I really, you know, I, I don't like going out of my house. I never, ha- I, I mean, I enjoy people. I do. I, but I also enjoy my, uh, my couch yes. <laughs> not going out. I, I love this. Like, this is amazing to me. And I, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I don't miss it as much as I thought I would. Although I do miss going to, I don't know, just like popping into a grocery store every once in a while to go get something. But I got, oh, oh, I mean, we're having so many places delivered. It, that, that's a, whoa, I mean, that is really convenient and awesome. It is. And thanks to the people who are willing to drive around and deliver stuff, because it seems to be like the, 
it seems to be the COVID job to have. <laughs> job numbers yeah. have gone through the roof because people are door dashing, you know, people are it's yes. Uber Eats, yes. everything. Thank God for those people. I'm really grateful that they, they yeah. Uh, um, we had friends, and I, I'm learning about this because we have friends. Of course, everyone you know has people all over the country, but we had uh, uh, friends in, in Texas, and um, I wanted to deliver food for them because they had been going through some tough times, and I thought, oh, how is that going to happen? And, do, and, and I wouldn't have known that except for DoorDash. And DoorDash, you can get all around the, uh, mm. the country and order a meal and have it delivered. And it just like... Wow, there they now I can buy these people dinner and that's oh my god, how great is that? I mean you just oh. it's it's really nice. I'm yeah, I'm I'm I just love the delivery service. <laughs> <laughs> that whole food, you know, food. I used to you know, we have connections from Chicago, I guess, but uh, I um I worked at the Chicago Diner for a long long time and uh and I always, you know, as being a waitress for so long, and that's <laughs> part of my like, oh, here's your here, look at this food. I didn't make it, but there it is, and you'll eat it, and you know, hopefully, it's good. So. Isn't that something? You know, I was a waiter for years, and the thing that I remember is they they get mad at you for the kitchen making the food late. You know, it's like you are the front lines to some of the best and some of the worst behavior and customers. But it's like, it's, uh, I remember that. I worked at Maggiano's on Clark Street in Chicago oh. for years. Really? And, yeah. You didn't work, did you work here too or no? In I did, I worked at the Grove and then I worked in Las Vegas. That job took me all across the country, all the way here, Maggiano's did, yeah. Did you know Sean Copeland? Did he? Well, I knew. Well, let's see. Yes. Well, I know Sean. Yeah, of course. I know Copeland. Yeah. 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 Because I remember him working at Maggiano's here and here in LA. Oh, I think I had probably had missed him at this point. Now, I met, this is such strange, weird events. And we'll start in Chicago because we have a lot of parallels, but I'm not sure we ever met in Chicago, but we were Cert mm -hmm. Certainly, uh, probably doing a lot of things at about the same time uh, in Chicago. But his yeah. sister was, his sister Francie was yeah. an assistant chef at Maggiano's on Clark Street. And I met her first. So that's how, oh. that was my introduction. After being an improv, you know, had been doing improv for a while there and never really had made the connection that they were brother and sister uh, oh my god that's that's I've wild been, yeah i've known copeland more out here in in la uh, okay doing open mics and seeing him at auditions and such you know yeah some of that chicago crossover so. there is so much of it there's so much of it and i feel like when you move from chicago to here you rely on it because you just, yeah. uh, uh, you know, it's, these are your people. So you immediately connect and you can have that community, you know, so right off the bat, which I'm, yeah, I, I, I thrived and I loved it. That was great. I'm still counting on those friends, like friends that I had back in Chicago or the buddies that I hang out here in LA, you know, oh. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Willie Laszlo being one of them, yes. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Just talked to Willie last week. Yep. Willie, Willie Laszlo. Yes. <laughs> he's the greatest. Uh, he is. He is quite the greatest. And he's in Chicago right now yes. uh, doing his thing. So, <clears throat> so, I mean, I still hang out with Willie. And if you know Willie, then you probably know Scott. Uh, Of course, you know Jim Coughlin. You know Jim, right? Yes, I know Jim. We have have so many people in common. Of course, he's not from Chicago, but did he do some time in Chicago? No. But anyway, like Scott and Willie, I still hang out with from comedy sports in the 90s in Chicago. Wow. wow. But see, I didn't, I wasn't really good friends with all of those guys until I moved. Even Copeland, I, I, I got to know out here yeah. um, because I did mostly theater. I did, I was uh, in um, a alternative, we would call it like alternative punk, uh, LGBTQ, um, we were like a, a rock theater group. Uh, yeah. We were, yeah, we did all kinds of, uh, of, of original shows and um, it was what awesome. What was that? What, show, what was the theater? This is in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that was before I, that was after I uh, graduated Columbia College and- Columbia grad here too. What year did you graduate? Oh, wow. Uh, 93? Was it 93 or 94? Okay, 97. So I'm a little bit, so then I'm a little bit behind. Yeah, yeah. I'm old. Um, but yeah, that's... We're all getting there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully. I feel it. Yes. All right. So you graduate in 93, Columbia College, Chicago in the 90s, the Bulls are winning, schools yes, down south. I remember. I remember. Were you a theater student? Did you do... Were you theater grad? I, well, I was liberal arts. I, uh, I did, because I did two years in, um, I was on the five-year uh, plan of uh, college, and I just, I started in Southern Illinois, Carbondale, and I did theater there. Yeah. Uh, it was great um, and loved it, but I wanted something different. I felt like, okay, this is great, but let's see what else is out there, and I auditioned for um, I auditioned for DePaul Theater School, and I auditioned for um, uh, University of Washington Theater Program, and I got into DePaul, and so that's where I went, and so I, I went there, but I did not enjoy it. I, I it was very, uh, mm, oh, acting, my, my teacher was uh, too, and too strict, I felt like. I didn't have much freedom. <laughs> oh. I, I didn't feel like I could try things. I, and I think like he was also, uh, he was kind of abusive in, in class. I did not, Ooh. yeah, not a, and he's famous for that actually. Um, uh, I, I've, I've heard through other, uh, other people that he's uh, not a nice man. And I think he was drunk most of the time. So that probably wow. adds to um, that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, but after that, I, I to figure out who you're describing, you know, <laughs> around that time. It's like, um, well, his, it was David Abcolly. That was his. Uh, oh. That was his name. He was the teacher there, and um, um, and then I and then I I I thought to myself, I I wasn't happy in this program. I was learning a lot, but I just thought, you know what, this probably isn't for me. I I think I want to go 
somewhere else and have, again, I want more freedom. I want more like, I, I want to connect with my actors. I want um, just, I, I want to feel like we're all together. You know, like I just didn't, uh, there, yeah, I just did not enjoy the experience there. So I just wanted something more. And um, and so Columbia, I fell in love with that immediately uh, oh. with their, with, yeah, with Norm Holly and Sheldon Patinkin and mm -hmm. all those guys. It was just uh, a totally different feel, more relaxed. Every you like they trust the actors. Like you're just, it just felt like home. So um, two years there and did tons of theater and loved that. And that's where I met two of my very good friends, um, and who would, uh, who I would do uh, the next few years and and do and we created a, a theater group together called Nominal, and. Uh, and yeah, we performed all over, mostly small theaters, but we, but we did a lot of just, just out there fun and, um, uh, yeah, that, like all original stuff. Well. Like you, you wrote everything, did all original pieces. They, they did Courtney, uh, Courtney Evans and, um, and Alan Conkle, those were the main writers. So, and then we did a Ludlum piece, uh, Charles Ludlum, and then we uh, we did another uh, uh, some some I can't remember Irene Fornes. I don't remember, but anyway, we yeah we did some other authors and uh, and it was yeah it was it was wonderful. You know, we were our own little group, and also we were very insular, and we did not. Uh, we we just had our own thing. I think because well, we rejected a lot of like mainstream theater, so it was our like fuck you. We're gonna do what we want, huh? You know, kind of feel. So and we did, and it was it was wonderful. We were in our twenties, and it was just like you know a, a great a great experience. I wouldn't you know I wouldn't trade it. However, after that. Um, after the theater thing, um, it was like we, it, I, when I started discovering more of my own writing and, and impro improv and stuff, I always did improv at, at uh, in Carbondale. And then I did, I did like just, you know, um, not long, a short form improv in Carbondale. And I was in a, a group there and we traveled around Southern Illinois and did shows. And then, um, and then once we got, to, I got to DePaul. Also did a um, an improv group there, and would do shows all around. And then after that, um, uh, Alan or Courtney got written up in American Theater Magazine as being one of the top uh, uh, playwrights under thirty to like make it. Like they're, uh, and so. Uh, so she and Alan got approached by a couple of literary agents from LA and asked them to write spec scripts. And so um, that kind of ended our theater. Has <laughs> 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 said like Hollywood came calling, even though we were like, fuck you Hollywood. Then like no, Hollywood was like, no, you know, uh, we're gonna make you some money maybe. And and so- In the 80s, you know, you really can't pass it up. That was a big payday then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it it changed everything, and and so when we weren't, we were we were uh, rehearsing to do a show, 
Um, and then uh, we just, we just kind of stopped. Um, and I thought, well, what, what am I going to do now? And I, uh, and so then I started taking classes at Second City. And, uh, and that's where everything kind of, you know, kind of rolled into uh, my 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 real love of comedy writing and and uh, and then possibly directing too. When I started writing other monologues, which would turn into short films um, and then animation stuff too. So that's where uh, yeah, that's where that all began. So Nominal, how long did that theater company last? How long did you guys? How long were you together? Um, let's see. We started in ninety. Four, um, maybe even they started in '93 without me because I was getting married. Uh oh. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So uh, yes, we got married very young, and um, Sean Bradshaw, shout out. Sean, then... shout out to my super fan, Sean Bradshaw, <laughs> number one <laughs> LA Velvet Tom fan. <laughs> we love Velvet Tom. Yes. <laughs> Um, but yes, and, and so they started in 93, and then we were going up until 99, 99, 98, yeah, we were doing shows, and they, and then they continued when I moved here, but I moved here in the, in the fall of 2000, uh, October. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I started doing Second City in 1999, 98, 98. Now, see, this is why I can't believe we didn't run into each other then, or it was just a completely unmemorable experience for the both of us, because that's, I was doing conservatory about the same time. Were you? Or, no yeah. way. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Maybe we're, oh, wow. Yeah, with the numbered levels, because, you know, I'd had some of that, because uh, you mentioned Carbondale, uh, like, uh, I started working with comedy sports in Chicago in 96 and we were doing college shows in Carbondale. So we'd go down there once, twice a year, you know, fall and then spring and do, and do remote shows for the kids down there. But you were long gone after that. But I just recall that being like, just going to all those college towns around there and putting on uh, short form improv shows. Yeah, they, they were, they loved it, you know, easy. Uh, uh, but Second City was a great, smoky, smelly experience. I can, I could smell. I could. I mean, just thinking about it, I can, I can, uh, I could smell the very top theater. I can't even remember what it was called. It was like, it was on the third level. Yeah. Um, it was a not yeah. really a black box theater, but a pretty great theater. Uh, oh, Johnny Skybox. Skybox, that's right. Skybox yes. Theater. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that's where I had most of my classes was in that theater. And I can okay. just... So did you go through the whole uh, the whole training conservatory or...? Uh, the numbered classes. They had, they had the lettered ones for beginner beginners. Mm -hmm. But I went, I think it was like one through six, I think, or one through five. Yeah, I don't remember. Some of the highlights, Norm Holly, John Hildreth, Marty DeMott was still around then. Oh, wow. Oh, how nice. I wish I'd had him. 
Yeah, we got to have Marty. He was, yeah, it was great. I was really fortunate to have him before he passed. And it was yeah. a couple of years after that when when he did. 2001, yeah. maybe, I guess. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I, yeah, he taught at Columbia, but I never had him as a teacher. And I, uh, that was, yeah. yeah. I didn't have him at Columbia either. No, I didn't have either like him. And then there was another guy teaching comedy improv, but uh, Brian Posen. Okay. Sound familiar? Yeah, I never had him, but I remember him coming in because I, I also, before I left for Chicago, I used to intern at David O'Connor's. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, at O'Connor Casting. Uh -huh. Again, I can't believe. What? No running into one another. You were working there. You were working. Oh, well, I mean, there are so, you know, I mean, I barely, I, I was just trying to get from like play you know I my mind was not making David mad like that was <laughs> I probably wouldn't know anyway I was yeah it was stressful I did not enjoy it um, uh, I fortunately never got to see that side of him although I've heard but, <laughs> yeah well yeah it was uh, yeah that's it's a stressful job I mean it really is and I I um I, I, I saw that and I was like ugh. And I never did any commercials when I was in Chicago. I was not, I think I auditioned for maybe two when yeah. I was there, like, and I just didn't fit the specs. I, I never felt like I, and that's maybe part of, of, of when I moved here, it, I kind of blew up in a way because it was like, oh, I, I'm accepted here for looking a certain way. And that's, and that's, better than what you know than the midwest uh, uh look and feel of which i didn't i don't know i never really got to kind of be uh feel comfortable in and yeah. and, and work in that yeah. it's amazing though you come out here and then casting out here looks at you and i would say midwest housewife let's put her on a febreze commercial immediately but Chicago doesn't necessarily see that. And they didn't really have a lot of traffic. They didn't really have a lot of commercial audition traffic like like I thought they would. I mean, I went out on my I went on on my fair share, but I mean, when I fair say fair share, I mean, it was like you know, six auditions a year, you know, if you're <laughs> lucky. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, some people did a, you know, did great um and could make a living from it. It just it it was I, I think going when I when I lived out there and I, I looked different too. I, I feel like the, I my hair was like super red. I had like choppy bangs and that whole like you know nineties <laughs> feel. So when I I mean the 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 story of just the it's just so Hollywood of of my friend uh, Jay Danner who lived in in. Uh, in Chicago and then he did the theater company with me and then he moved out here and he was with a um, an agency called Dragon Talent and like within the ne the first month I was out here he said well you should you know you should just come and audition for my um, you know for my agency and I was like well, what do I need and he's like nothing and I said okay so I got my hair done and I came in and and uh and walked in the door and the the basically there was this like this this effeminate guy he was all dressed up and he looked you know he's he just was he 
you know, he looked fun and he looked at me and he looked me over and he said, oh yes, you'll work. And then he, and then he went back to his office and then he called Robin, come here. And then this other woman, she was, you know, like, like, like about this size, <laughs> blonde hair, and she and she had these gla big glasses, and she came, and she looked at me, and she says, "Oh yes, honey," and that was it. And then they signed me, the, you know, like later that day, and I was like, "What? Do I have a monologue?" Or you know, they're like, "No, nah, that's it." You got the and look. It, yeah, it was so. It was so. It's, it's such a, a strange. Hollywood type of story where I, I just never thought that that but that is what that that's basically what happened and then I did I I, I had a commercial career from my pretty much my first month into living in LA and uh, yeah that's how I've kind of made my living but I love it um, so okay so before like leaving Chicago so 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 was it the, was it the, it's time to move to LA or was there something that brought you out here or did people, or was it friends like Jay who went like, Hey, you should really make the move. Now's the time. Well, we'd been out here several times because of a, a friend of mine. Um, uh, and we'd visited and had such a wonderful time. And he's since passed. His name's Ward, uh, Ward Porrell. He, he was my, one of my best friends at, at Columbia College. And then he came and then he lived out here. And we would come and visit him and just have a ball. And I thought, wow, this is so fun. This is a fun place to live. And of course, you know, when you're on vacation, you, everything's fun. Sure. But it, it came to a, I guess it came to a point where when I was doing Second City, I, I wrote my own show at that point. I started uh, Improv Olympic out there. I, my first class was with Sharna and TJ Jagodowski and it was incredible. I just loved it. And I wrote this show and I thought, and my, and Sean had quit his full-time job and he had been working uh, pretty steadily as uh, doing animation and small uh -huh. animation gigs and freelancing there. And both of us thought, well, you know, and because I wasn't doing theater on a regular basis, I wasn't anymore. Um, uh, and I had auditioned for Second City a couple times and I didn't, I, I, you know, I, I didn't make it in. Not, not know, here, here. Uh, in, in Chicago. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, as far as like Torco and all that. Oh, yeah. 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 So that didn't go. So I just thought, well, what have I got to lose? You know, I'm not, I don't want to wait tables the rest of my life, which is, you know, that was fine. And I, you know, <laughs> but I, know. I just thought, I wonder what else I can do. And, uh, and Jay, I think I had talked to Jay and he said, I'm making a boatload of money out here doing commercials. I, I bet you. I could do that too. And I thought, oh no, I'll never, no, that's not, not, I don't see that happening. What, and, about the, um, uh, what about the show? You mentioned that you did a show, uh, that you wrote a show. Well, yeah, I wrote, um, when I was at Second City, uh, yeah, we, we you, you know, we wrote too. And so I, uh, I developed my own voice. I started uh, doing, you know, my own voice and, and through improv too, you know, you, you create characters. And so I, I created a one person show that I, uh, with, it was about 30 minutes long. It was called Shoten and Sweet. I did it at Improv Olympic and, um, and then I performed it when I got to LA. 
Oh, so, okay. Yeah. And I had three different, um, I decided to find directors when I came out here. So I had three different directors. Um, one was Teresa Mulligan. One was Dave Rosowski. Another oh, one was Rosowski. Mike Ross. And, all, and they kind of helped shape the, shape the show. And, and then I performed it at the, oh my God. I can't even, I don't even know if the theater exists anymore. And I can't remember the theater, but it was on La Brea. It was a black box, you know, nobody, it was, yeah, it right. was short run and uh, <laughs> it was fun. It was, yeah, it was a fun time, but I, I, I enjoyed, that's what kind of, I, I thought, well, I've got a show and I could always wait tables. Um, and you then could. Sean would, um, I could, and <laughs> I could. Well, I have I the skill. <laughs> maybe I should have in, in retrospect, because I, a part of me thought, well, maybe I don't, I could do something you know, just, and I, and I did, I didn't actually wait tables. I worked for uh, a company called National Research Group, which I hated, um, but that's what was, Ward was, um, Ward was uh, a part of, and he, he, he got me that job. So, um, so I worked with him for many years. Oh, okay. Just going around and, uh, and uh, getting people to go to screenings. So that was, Oh no, that! Mm -hmm. Oh man, oh yeah, thankless, thankless work. Thankless. No, yeah, yeah, it was. First with the clipboard going up to everybody. Do you want to see a screening? So, well, you know, I just, I, I've done customer service work all my life, so I went to a few of those just because I was like, it's free. Yeah. I mean, aside from having to wait in a line for a little bit out in the hot sun before they took you into the screening room. Yes. You got yes. to see a free movie, you know, but I was always nice to you guys. I just want you to know that. Oh, but. thanks. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Cause we got, yeah, we, it was a very uh, unpleasant job. I, I, I only did it for a few years. I couldn't really take it. And because I was booking commercials too, I just thought, you know what? I'm done. I can't, I can't, um, I just, this is, this is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it just wasn't. So I got, I actually did go back to like catering and then I did, um, I worked at coffee shops and, you know, so, uh, but yeah, I, I, I just, that it was a terrible, terrible. A little fill in the gap gigs. Yeah. There, there's, yeah. there's all sorts of it. I mean, you can just, turn yourself into a gig machine it's amazing yeah how many skills an actor learns rather than just acting but just survival survival skills alone really yeah yeah you have to you have to and i i feel like i i wasted a lot of that time like now that i'm and i'm I don't know. I mean, everything, what they say, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, you go back and think, well, if I had what I, if I know now what I knew then, I wouldn't have, I would have done so much more <laughs> with my time, yeah. you know, um, now that I'm, that I want to pursue directing and writing and how I'm, how I'm just soaking in as much as I can, because, I love it so much and because there's so much to learn that 
I wish I had started earlier and, and had that knowledge, but because having a child now and being, you know, I'm, I, I want to, I, you know, I want to be a good mom. So you, you want to, you have to balance your time and divide it. Um, with that, you, you really have to, you know, you, you just, you have to measure it all without, uh, going crazy. You really have to, I imagine, yes, you have to parse out your energy on a daily basis to where you're not fried after a while. And I have no doubt, I'm sure you've probably hit those fried, those fried times. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So 2000, you get out here in LA. So you said your son is 10. I'm sorry, what's your son's name again? Harley. Harley. So Harley's 10. So so he was born in 2010. So that first decade that you're here in LA, mm -hmm. your commercials, what else is happening? Because I know that there is, I don't know, well, I mean, you can tell it better if there is a slight turning towards director, uh, becoming a director, or there was just an about face of, of changing your career altogether. Well, it, it, it mixes, I guess. It, 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 it meshes at different points because I feel like from 2000 to 2005, I was he really heavy into improv, into sketch, into writing a lot of my own stuff and performing a lot. I, you know, I did a lot of shows at, at IO and I would take classes at UCB. I was really, uh, I just immersed myself because of that same reason of being, you know, feeling your community and um and being a part of it and being able to uh perform on a regular basis too was uh was pretty important so um it was after 2005 um when i think when my when sean got diagnosed with thyroid cancer that we that's when sort of things kind of stopped okay. and that's where we were trying to figure out what to do next because we we were in that for about i would say a year of just health you know trying to get his health on track which is you know he's he's now very healthy and everything's great um i mean aside from a pandemic but uh <laughs> um aside but, from the apocalypse everything yeah, you know I don't view it as an apocalypse though. I view it as a transformation. I feel like we have to like, you know, we, we are, we are, um, we are changing our, t you know, our whole views Our everybody is coming together and it's really ugly right now. And it has to be because change is happening and change is not, people don't like it. People hate this. Oh, kind of, yeah. They're not, they, they we all, we all uh, rebel against it. And uncomfortable. And, it's very uncomfortable for people right now. People are, I think that is the feeling. I mean, people want to call it rage and anger, but I think it's discomfort and it's just how, how you display how discomfort feels to you. But there's yeah. a lot of uncomfortable things happening right now. And some I relish in because I knew it was going to happen. You yeah. can just see the writing on the wall. And then some of it, yeah, is very uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah. you and you become, you become, uh, oh, what's the word I was just using today? You become powerless in it all and you find a power in it. There's no, uh, I, if you're an artist, 
it's it and you're handling this pandemic just fine it's because there have been days where you have just stared on your couch at the same four walls wondering when the next thing was going to happen so yeah I think that has been great training you know there's been just a <laughs> lot of neutral days exactly oh, i have to stay home and not spread this okay That's, yeah not a problem not a problem i'm i'm totally okay with just with doing my own thing and sitting here and yeah and being in my own space and in my own head you know and sometimes you know when you in doing like uh we do need support you know, and, and friendships and that is, that plays out uh, hugely, I think through people need each other yes. um, through this, but it doesn't necessarily have to be like right next to you. Like you can still uh, talk to somebody on the phone. That's your phone still works. I love the phone. I, maybe I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm old school like that. I love talking to somebody on the phone for an hour. It's okay. You yeah. know, and I don't talk like this because of the radiation, whatever. But I talk, you know, with the, <laughs> that's how I do it. That's how I talk to my therapist. That's how I talk to, you know, uh, friends and my, my mother, um, you know, everybody. And it's, it, it helps. It helps get all of those feelings out. And then you, and then, yeah, you create, you write, you, you do whatever, uh, yeah. um, you make things, you bake. You know, that's why so many people are baking and, you know, I, uh, and I just bought a juicer yesterday. I'm going to start, thinking, why not? You know, cause <laughs> you have a garden. <laughs> juice. Seriously, you can, it's, it's amazing <laughs> what you can teach yourself to do during this time. You know, my wife has learned to make bread. Now she's trying to teach me how to make the starter. She went back to work. She got a job and, you know, oh. I mean. And just between you and me and the Zoom, she's got another job offer that she's that she's interviewing for next week. So she's wow. doing okay during this. But you know, I grew a garden. I got this big behemoth of a garden growing out by our garage space there. So it's amazing what people will rise to the occasion to do when all they have is time. You know. When, yeah. 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 And I don't have that time, but I have. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but I, but the time that I do have, I use it like I are not all the time. I mean, some days I'm just like, oh, what's on my phone? And then that's depressing. And I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. And then, you know, okay, I gotta, I gotta watch it with the, you know, with, with the social meds. It's a, it's, it's too much. And so you put it away and then you can kind of cool out with your thoughts and everything. But yeah, I mean, it's, there's so much, there's so much to do. There's so many things to learn. There's, there's that's what, that's what I feel like this time is all about is like for us to kind of ground ourselves again mm -hmm. and, and get to what's important and get to the basics of humanity. I mean, we're, we're all running so fast, you know, yeah, and now understand what everybody's in a hurry for, you know, I just still people just blow past me in traffic. I'm just like, where do you got to be right exactly. now? I know we were, we, we, we try and, um, uh, and go for a walk every so often. Right. Um, and in the morning and it's at like eight, you know, and there's people trailing me just like on my, <laughs> on my ass. I'm like, I'm like, get, what are you, where are you going? Where are you going on Colorado Boulevard? You have to just, you know, what, what, what are you doing? Really? Uh, it's just so it's yeah it's extremely 
annoying, but, but there are those days where I'm like annoyed. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go over here and I'm going to let you pass me. That's what I'm going to do. Cause yeah. I don't need it. I don't need that stress. So there's, we all have those days, you know, we all have the good ones and we all have the ones where like, and we have to go through those too. It's important. We're human. Um, but yeah. So, so anyway, yeah. So from 2000 to 2000, so from 2006 to 2008, I don't know. I feel like those were the lost years. Um, those were years where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I have, I have nothing. And I really did feel creatively kind of empty at that time. I didn't. And then, and then I think by 2000, the end of 2008, Sean and I started collaborating on monologues that I had written and he would, and he animated them. And from there we, that's where we began uh, our birthday bedhead production company and where we would uh, uh, submit these films to festivals and we traveled all over the country with them and Canada and uh, um, and they were yeah they were they were so much fun and and um, and the whole festival circuit and meeting all those people and learning about uh, the the animation world and I I mean I knew Sean has always been into animation and I have too just you know by living with him but yeah but i uh, but i i appreciated all of it and i learned about that whole side to uh uh to the industry and um yeah it was fun we had a great we had a yeah it was it was a fun time uh it sounds like it was the it was the fire you needed to reignite everything cuz i mean whether you identify as you're a mom you know, I mean, you're still an artist, so you have to fulfill, you have to fulfill that part of you. Yeah, yeah. Well, after, yeah, what this was what, before Harley, what we did these films, and then after, um, after I had Harley in 2010, I, I, I would do, you know, I would still work here and there shooting a commercial or a, uh, or a short film, um, but I had, I, I went through a, uh, a couple of years of 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 just having a lot of depression, anxiety, and and not knowing again how, if I was being a good mom. I I feel like I had so much of you know when you're a new mom, everything is de- you're you're devoted to, mm-hmm. you know, just that. So I didn't have a job to go to um, necessarily. You know, I would go on these auditions, but it was so stressful finding a um, finding childcare and uh, and Sean worked so I was home with 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 my kid for you know 12 13 hours and uh, he would leave at seven and come home at six so it was up to you know I, I had to figure out how to manage you know momming and then also trying to be creative and also you know you're you're just being a, a wife and a, you know want to keep the house but you also want to write and 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 possibly audition and maybe work and if you do get work what does that mean and and, and juggling all of it so it, it became I got I don't know I went through a, a lot of um, just health issues trying to figure out what uh, my body was just kind of going crazy and I would get these illnesses I think because of I just 
didn't eat well or take care of myself. So um, I, I, I learned how to do that. So it, I, eventually I did learn how to do that. And I think because I can um, have, you know, you give yourself the power of a creative expression. So I wrote a lot. Mm-hmm. I wrote a journal, like just every day I would write. And eventually I was like, what should I do with all this writing? I wonder what I should do with all this writing. I, maybe I should try stand up. And that's how that happened. So yeah. <laughs> and that, that, and, 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 you know, I, I think eventually when you are doing all these other things, um, writing and momming and stand up and then, uh, and from writing becomes a, a short film that I directed. Yeah. And, um, and now we'll be on Amazon pretty soon. We're going to next week. What? So okay, I'll, we're going to talk about that in a minute because <laughs> I want to talk about that. Uh, let's go back to stand-up because that's another sort of uh, parallel I think we hit. I think there was just a certain time when it was just no more independent improv groups or trying to get together and work out with improv folks to try. And writing was the skill that I wanted to work on. So I knew that stand-up would work on it. So so you did, did you do open mics? Did you go try oh, yeah. and hit mics and things like that? Like, sure, all of because, those, yeah. Because I feel like this is the entrance of, uh, is this where you met Whitney Melton was in stand-up or how? No, Whit- Whitney and I have known each other a-, a while because Whitney and Sean worked together when he was at the graphic design job where he's since quit, but uh, he started working at, um, it's called Payton and Regal, but they used to work there. um, I'm trying to remember when Whitney said, maybe it was 2007. I may be wrong, uh, but around then, um, or maybe even earlier, it may have been 2006. Um, But Whitney worked there for a period of time and he and Sean became friends. And so I've known Whitney even before all the stand-up. And Whitney was very instrumental in helping me uh, do uh, uh, become more confident in my stand-up too. Okay. He was very generous with his time and very, yes. my sets. <laughs> so, um, so, and he still reads my stuff, you know, which I'm grateful. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, he's yeah. A very well, sweet he's, guy. He's, I just didn't know if that was the connection, if stand-up was the connection. So. So yeah, how did you, like, I I don't even remember. I mean, I remember my first open mic experience was at the other door when Whitney was hosting. So he was sort of- How did you get into stand-up? First person. I was just deciding that, you know, there was as many open mics as there were AA meetings here in town. So you could just (laughs) go to all of them. I wanted to develop a writing discipline and I knew that actually sitting down and writing jokes was probably the best way to do that because it would just be more stream of consciousness. And I had already, and I also had had sort of a period of depression and sort of enlightenment where it was incumbent upon me to journal all the time and write everything down. So writing was sort of becoming a focus then. Uh, and so I decided to 
do something really insane and just get on a bicycle because I had no car and ride around to all these open mics. And wow. it was the comedy, it was the comedybureau.com had a list of all the open mics. Right. So that's kind of where it started with me. But Whitney was the first kind of best, nicest person that I met in comedy. And it's, yeah, he really is. It's the sweetest, sweetest guy. Um, But uh, what, what, what got into your head to do stand up? Because, I mean, it was a nice little Camelot. I mean, it was a few years that I did it. And some, some of my good friends now who still do it. I still talk with them. So I've maintained great relationships from it. But. Same. Yeah. I mean, that's the, I think it, I, I took uh, a short class, like a four weeker with Jude Shelton. And um, that kind of gave me the confidence that, oh, I think I can do this. Yeah. And I, I took it with a, yeah. And in that class, I'm still friends with uh, several of the, um, of the you know of the comics in there who 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 none of them actually do stand up now they're all writers um and so it was <laughs> it, yeah it's it's interesting but um i i was the only one from that class to actually go out and do it there was eight of us maybe eight or nine and i was like well i mean i think i'll do this i, I this is fun you know cuz you again missing um an audience reaction and um and having that connection with people you yeah i mean from not doing improv anymore or sketch anything like that like you you just uh, yeah it's it you, you miss the laughs the laughs is like a it's, it's a god's gift it's it's a wonderful thing that if if you can hit it you're like wow this is such a high this is incredible it's such so, a last comedy frontier i thought too it was like it was like the muscle that I hadn't worked yet. I don't know if you relate to that at all. Oh, I never thought, never, never, never. I thought there's no way I would ever do that. And I, yeah, never say never because it's a different, it's, <laughs> it's just a different form of art in, in that. And I do view it as an art form. It really takes uh, so much discipline and um i i'm in you know you you do your research with all that with all the great i mean i grew up listening to steve martin and Mm -hmm. you know alan sherman and all those eddie murphy and all that like you 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 love those uh those heroes and you're like well i wonder do you do i have anything maybe probably not but i'm gonna just see what happens (laughs) so um so yeah it was it it just it's just an another outlet for uh for creative expression and whether and yeah i just did tons of open mics and i also did tons of shows and i could you know flappers had me on and uh a lot and i was uh ice house was really generous with me and uh, you know and different places were for a few years i just was like "I, i i really i'm into it but i had horrible anxiety before going up well yeah oh still it's you know it just this i would fear it was like going up and facing your death each and every time i performed i feel like you know Seriously. You, you just uh, you know and it doesn't you 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 think you're you think you're in the right mindset 
to go up. And then once you're up there, it's just those lights are hot. That room is quiet and it's your turn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had, I've had a couple panic attacks on stage um, where, you know, where it just was like, I don't know anything. And it really, you know, you, you have that moment of like, it's, it's, it's gone. I have nothing, but you learn from that. You really do. And from all of, from, from all of my uh, anxiety in the, in the past of going through why you feel that way and how you can use it. <laughs> instead of you know when you're really in the moment the whole reason for me at least having all, all that anxiety on stage is because I wasn't I was thinking of of a monologue or something and not being your true self on stage and when you can just riff on stage yeah. you know with material that or without whatever you're comfortable with i always needed a set and i always needed to like map out my set of what's going first second third that's it and if i forget i'll go to four if i go you know but i can you can always go to the audience and i never trusted myself till the you know till the last couple of years of if i would get off track oh well i can always see what that guy's eating and then you could go <laughs> that or whatever you know Crowd. Crowd work is the is the parachute of it's the best transition. Really, it is. It really is. If you can do some crowd work, yeah, it is. It makes you. It puts you back in your body if you're having one of those experiences, or if you know. And, and then once you're out of that, you know, you can you know have your own have your own uh, place of where you're going in your set. It's all yeah. It it's it was. I, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it. I don't, sometimes I go and I, you know, I watch people's specials and, you know, I, I think of, am I, am I ever going to go, do I think I'll ever, and then I, no, there's two, not right now. I it's do miss it. Not right now, no, but it's, but people are still doing Zoom shows and, you know, they're still happening. So. That's, that's great. I'm glad that, I'm glad that we're finding a way to prevail through all of it. Um, I used to get horrible cotton mouth going up, like when I used to do uh, like actual show shows. Oh yeah. There was one. It was the. It. I can't remember. I can't remember what room. Well, it was the upstairs room of the comedy store. Oh wow. And and it was a great set. I mean, I, I killed, <laughs> but I felt like I was, like constantly yeah. trying to nah, like I got like horrible cotton mouth of uh, course, I go back and look at the video and none of that is true it was it seemed like my cotton mouth was all in my head it <laughs> because it didn't yeah. it didn't feel like that I mean it was a really really I was grateful for it being a great set because I felt like I was just moistening my mouth all the way through it Wow, so you did you performed at the store like uh for a while or how many? I mean, uh, well, you know, I mean, I probably got about two handfuls worth of comedy store shows that I did. That that's I, great. That that's a lot. During the during uh during that short period of time, and it was great. I comedy store was by far my favorite place to perform and uh and got the chance to perform on every stage there get every experience wow that's uh, incredible i mean did you do that um like 
I mean, did, did you audition or how did you get into the uh, it was It was friends of friends. I think I was a little lucky to get booked and I asked, you know, I just asked if I could be booked Wonderful. on your show. And there was, there was a, there was one show, the C Word show uh, that was hosted, um, uh, that was hosted by uh, Jody Miller was the big host, oh. and she's a big writer for Funny You Should Ask now. Yes, yes. Writer for that show, um, but uh, uh, I got to be on that show quite a bit, a um, couple of three times. Uh, good, good time to be on that show, and that was up in that. I, I don't know if it's called the no. It's like maybe it's the belly room. It is. It's the belly room. So it's the upstairs one. Mm-hmm. And I just remember uh, just getting a horrible, horrible, just unimaginable cotton mouth <laughs> every time going up there. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's terrifying. I mean, it is. I mean, stand-up has, I, I always just, I, I'm in awe of, of people that can just go up and feel like, no, I'm not nervous. I, you know, I'm not. I just go up and do my thing. Wow. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe if there's a set I've been doing a long time, I, there's some days where you feel better. I, I remember feeling better than others, but um, yeah, I think doing it just consistently, that was the key is just doing it, cons- you know, just working it out all yeah. the time. Working it Finding out. It, you know, yeah. a lot of it, you know, I, a lot of it was, I'd be the last person on, on most open mic the experiences because I'd be on my bike. I didn't have a car. So, you know, or I'd be on mass transit. So I'd always be signing up late and no one would be there to oh. react to my stuff. So oh my it's just like, Yikes. so I did a lot of my material just out loud. So like, so that when I did get an audience, I mean, I knew what having an audience is like. I mean, I've done tons of shows. I mean, you have too, you know, you know that, that, open micing is always going to be kind of horrible and it's always going to be kind of rehearsal because you have to get out of the mindset of putting on a show for your friends who don't care you know i mean they just want to do their time too i mean there's some i mean you make friends out of it but at the end of the day they want to you know go hit another mic you know so so i always found myself doing practicing to nobody and then when it came to be showtime luckily there's some good time but i mean most of the times i ever like you know did book book shows i was terrible flappers oh my god i never had a great show in flappers oh, the yoohoo room it was more like the boohoo room for me I mean, it was just what? yeah there were some real so bad yeah oh. Yeah, I don't have any good flapper shows, you know. Uh, I'm not going up there anytime. <laughs> I mean, no one's going up anywhere, but yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing you find the place that 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 you feel the most comfortable in. Yeah, if that's and those are that's where because again, I like being, I you know, uh, the comedy store is too far for me. I like being in on the east side, so that's why I never went to the store because it was like too far. Flappers and ice, co- ice house are like Pasadena and Burbank, so that's not a big deal to 10 minutes to a show sure i can do it yeah that's That's fine yeah Yeah, really it became the convenience of it and that's like i don't know you know um it's not good you know i go back and forth you know with being velvet and not being velvet and i think like at a certain point 
I was just Velvet Tom most of the time on stage that I just didn't have time for stand-up anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you have to choose. And that's why, you know, because in essence, like you have with, with so many things, eventually when I stopped doing stand-up and I started working on the movie, yeah. then that's when my focus was like, oh, I can't do everything. I can't. I can't do everything I want to do. I, I want to do, how do I do every single thing? How do I do that? Can I do that? I can. I thought no. I could, but I, I guess I can't. So um, I think eventually when Harley gets older and, you know, may, and I will have uh, a little more uh, scheduled time to myself, you know, then yeah. I can maybe carve out some more. But, um, but for now, I, I, I'm, yeah, I, I enjoy, uh, like we're in post right now for a film I directed last year and, um, and I'm writing some, uh, another show and, and, uh, and, and yeah, and Sean's got another short that we're doing and we're, we're just, you guys you know, are staying busy. See, this is great. We are very busy. There is no shortage of stuff to do. I'll tell you that. So right. let's talk about your other, your other child. And I love the title of it. Hot cake. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you yeah I do, I love the title and i'm uh, glad to uh uh helped in the the after of you know uh been part of an event that you had for had for the movie but so hot cake uh seems a little autobiographical yes no yeah. all yeah. right yep yeah, originally it was a, a short that I uh, that I wrote, and um, and I didn't really see it as a series, but that's sort of how it it started. It it just morphed into that um, when we we shot it as a film, but then as we were editing it, we thought, well, this might could be a show, and then that started on uh, my on more. Uh, more writing and um, and I wrote subsequent episodes for it, uh, submitted to several festivals that would uh, as a pilot, and that's how it got picked up. Like that's how it got recognized for its first uh, film festival at Dances with Films as a pilot. So I thought, well, that's it. That's how it's supposed to be, and I guess that's what I should start doing uh, is writing more uh, more episodes for for you know for this to be a show. And, and it's still there <laughs> where, you know, I, and it's like, I still there. I mean, I like, it's, it's had a great run, um, uh, all over the place. And now, you know, we're, we're going to debut it next week, like I said. And then, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it, it's, it, it was, it was fun getting, you know, we raised money for it on Kickstarter mm -hmm. and, uh, and yeah. It's, it's been uh, really great. I'm very proud of it. I got to see it in a festival setting, uh, festival setting, probably just a few blocks from your home, probably the, yeah. <laughs> the best way. Film festival for you. <laughs> yep, my favorite kind. <laughs> my house would have been, no, but it was similar. I mean, it was close. Yeah. So, so you, so this is a, uh, Hot cake is being developed into episodic, so you're going to you want to go you want to go more long form with it. Yes, I I would yeah. Um, but currently it's just where it is right now. Um, so if uh, you know if if 
if it's taken to the next level, then uh, we'll see, you know, but it's right now it's, it's at the, the pilot episode. You can see um, when it drops on Amazon next week. Um, How about that? Yeah. Let's talk about this. So this is, this is a development. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, we just sort of, uh, yeah, discovered that this week. Um, so that's exciting. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just more, um, you know, it just gives us the confidence to continue with our creative journeys here. That's, that's what it basically does. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm still so immersed in all the other things I want to do. I, it's still my baby and I, I still love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful for it, you know, um, and I, it's, and now more people will get to see it. So that's, that, that makes me very happy. Um, and, uh, and, and then we'll see what happens after that. But, you know, right now, uh, with that happening, um, you know, I, I'll let you know the date once I, uh, once, once I know it, but, um, but yeah, it, it was, it, it, I don't know. Uh, what can you talk about that you have in post? Is it super secret or can you tell us a little bit about that? About what? About what you're working on in post. What you're oh, oh, the short film? Yeah, yeah I'm working um, with Frank Forte and um, uh, on this uh, on this short film called Sound Man and um, and so we're, yeah, we've been working on that for Oh gosh, we were so lucky to have uh, to have shot that like two weeks before quarantine. I I can't even tell you how <laughs> horrible that would have been uh, to uh, yeah to have that just not happen at all. So it would have been bad timing. Oh, good one. <laughs> but again, things happen, you know, whatever. If it would happen then, it would have, yeah. Uh, uh, but, uh, Frank's wife, Beth, wrote it, and um, and it's uh, it, it's a beautiful script, and we're, it, and it's got some, it's a dramedy, and um, yeah, we're, we're in the final stages of post, so we're just working with, with, yeah, with sound and music, and uh, Lee from Hot Cake is doing the music for it. Lee Sanders, he's fantastic. Our DP from Hot Cake is on it too, uh, El Schneider. She's incredible. Uh, and and yeah, it was uh, that. There was a whole new a whole new thing for me uh, directing something I uh, that I didn't write. So this was a whole uh, different experience. That's great. Uh, so yeah, that was very very fun, and and I learned a lot. And again, it's like learning a, a new a skill that you didn't know you had. Of like, oh, this is this is something another thing that I I have so much to learn. Oh my God, what, where is the time? I mean, I, I, I just, again, with time, I have, I don't have it. So <laughs> no. it's like I want, how do I do a crash course? Do I go to USC? You know, I don't know, but, uh, but uh, things. Uh, no, you get on YouTube and you watch a video and you learn from there and <laughs> you. you learn, from, yes, and you learn from doing. I mean, that's, yeah. that's basically how this happened and uh if it's supposed to happen in the future then so be it you know and in the meantime um i'm like yeah i'm writing and just constantly writing so 
Um, any uh, any social media? Any uh, reason for people to reach out to your social media, Instagram? What is your Instagram? Um, is it Haya DB? I think it's Haya DB. Yeah, yeah. Me and my uh, three hundred and eighty followers. <laughs> huge, huge. Oh, Twitter's even <laughs> Twitter. I think I have. Oh two. my gosh, Twitter I I have... Thunderdome. I mean, I don't oh. even. I don't even know. I, I can't with Twitter. I get too mad. I go on there and it's just a rage fest. It so really I'm is. just constantly tweeting at the president. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not healthy. It's it is not. not. No, I, I, I have to, I can't with that. I just, I just get on and get off and tweet something like, okay, this is just for me. <laughs> this is for I'm just, me. I'm just going to put it out there. Just <laughs> F it. Bah! Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Send. All right. Stop judging it. All right. It's okay. I'm it's, and I'll judge it after too. So it's, it's, yeah, you, you, that's the coping that we are all doing that sometimes is works and some, you know, you do the best you can. That's all. You just do the best you can. Yeah. Um, I mean, you just think of something else to do. I mean, there's, there's plenty to worry about, but there's also, I don't know. I just, I just look around and I know that there's, plenty that to keep me busy unfortunately none of it's making me any money so i'm so <laughs> no money no no money i keep saying like hey why don't you keep <laughs> thinking like maybe these commercials will want to run again hey hey uh, maybe you'll... <laughs> you know what i had i had to i had i had four all day this week one was a walk-in where it was actually in a casting studio and it was very wipe everything down one person at a time big wow. social distance everybody taking every precaution necessary so i do want to say that for casting casting is trying and i don't you don't go out on many of them and then i had three self tapes this week so Dang. commercials are alive so gosh so that i mean so how are you even are you have a background you know you have this well how do you do it i just how do i do it i mean i just i uh, like one self-tape i did today just shot it in my dining room now this is also uh, we got to mention this because one of your one of your casts one of your stars well i don't know stars in uh one of your co-stars in hot cakes is is my is one of my old roommates natasha lou who is also yes. That's well right. she i mean she has turned that apartment uh that apartment that we share still i'm still paying rent on it even though i don't really live there anymore because oh. COVID 19 hit and any chance that i had to to sublet that room oh no went bye-bye so oh. hence hence more bad timing uh <laughs> I'm still paying rent on a place that I don't even really use. I almost did our interview over there because I was over there earlier doing a self tape where I had to be a doctor. Well, she bought all these, she bought all these sort of like lights. So she's got this whole setup in our apartment where she's got like a boom light and wow. so I, I used her lights, lit myself, set up the old iPhone and oh my god and edited it and dropboxed it to my agent and submitted it myself you know what 
I don't want to hear a bad word about actors, okay? We have, I had to be my own session director, my own editor, my own lighter, yeah, my own terrible. I mean, I, I know judge on my work. You know, I did five takes of a 10 second thing, you know? <laughs> well, I know. I mean, I say how. I mean, we, we're used to doing self tapes, you know, before this. We did self tapes and they were extremely annoying. I would, I hate them. I'm just, just, I, I can't. I'm a terrible judge of my own stuff. I think I just said, like, all right, well, this is, this is good enough. You know, that's mine is like, I don't care. And Sean's even worse because he, sometimes he helps me tape and he's, and we're the, the both of us are like, fuck this. I don't, they get what they get. You yeah, know, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> this lighting, right? It's two in the after, you know, like we don't have any, but now it's expected. It's expected now from all these casting directors to have all of them, all of the uh, uh, lighting and, and if you want to book a job, that's that's what you're gonna need. Oh yeah. Uh, so I guess I'll never work. I. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, well, my wife was just Thefty. She just uh, yeah. I went and got married on December 31st, not knowing any of this. Michigas was gonna happen. I mean, really, it was just like crazy. Yes. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And, yeah. We were just having that conversation. She says, well, do we need lights then? <laughs> because I've been doing some self-tapes in our dining room. So I said, I don't know if I want the whole setup that Natasha has, but an LED panel would probably be a good idea. An LED panel. You know, I mean, just something that you can set up and then you can diffuse it with some parchment yeah. paper, you know? I mean, just uh -huh. do, do, the old, do the old setup. Some uh, people are painting their walls. So that I'm they thinking, can... you know, I I had a great blue wall back at that apartment that some ex roommates, some old roommates had painted, and I just I just kept it the same color, touched it up, but it's the same color as it's the same color blue as you would go to like if you went into if you went to 200 South Casting or you know any of those offices. You know, we sure should. You've been to a million times. I'm sure you've been to 200. Oh, South. yes, yeah, for sure. We shot um. We shot our Kickstarter video at Whitney's apartment, and uh, <laughs> we used a lot of, you know, we used the part of his wall because we could, we had the 80s background in there, and a lot of the, uh, you know, we did it like a MTV music video, so, yeah. um, so we were able to superimpose like, you know, MTV stuff in there, and it was great, it was great, we used lots of, you know, his, uh, his roof, it was a, <laughs> super cool so my so i'm neighbors with whitney i live right down the street from him that's where my old apartment is where oh so, oh my god wow yeah, block isn't that something old russell who knew yeah yeah it's the <laughs> russell hustle baby you know we're all shooting all sorts of stuff off our walls well, why yeah. not why if you can't i mean we we lived on winona for many many years um you know right down right down there near jumbos we lived uh oh you did mm -hmm. oh yeah oh. like six years we lived there it was great we, yeah we, yeah it was a great apartment we had wonderful neighbors and uh, we became our little, yeah, our, our little haven there. It was I love yeah. the neighborhood. I, I really don't want to leave, but I'd really like a house. 
<laughs> same i know we have a townhouse but it's it is uh it is not the same as having a house house with yeah. a yard yard you know what i mean like you need that uh th that's one thing that is we are just oh boy it is that is the tough thing about having a kid who likes to do some b-ball and all you've got <laughs> is your you know your downstairs tiny hoop um and yeah and in a and we, we made some space to move the couch, but it's right. not the same as, no. uh, you know, a garage, a backyard. So that's one thing we are like, okay, next year we got to get out of here. I mean, a lot of people are moving. I mean, my brother is moving tomorrow. He's moving back to Texas. Oh, um, really? Is yeah. he out here though? Your brother's out here? He is. Yeah. Yeah. He and his wife and they, uh, and my niece, um, yeah, they've been out here since, gosh, 2000 three i think this is crazy debbie now i remember the first time meeting you it was 2012 or 13 i think and it was at langer's because because somebody was in town having a get together like it was and it was it was i mean i don't think no copeland had wasn't gone yet copeland just moved away okay. like two years ago but everybody was there. You were there. I was dating somebody else then too. Uh -huh. And I remember you and Sean and and Harley was there. I guess he was only he must have only been two. three two at the time. Yeah. Twenty twelve, yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, and I remember basically having a lot of the same conversation. How did we not run into each other in Chicago? Is I, going to be the question of this episode. But well, uh, it's it is it's weird. It's it is weird, but that's how it kind of happens. I feel like with Chicago and LA connections, is that like you do your thing there, unless unless it is like Second City Improv Olympic, and because I only like my last year, my last year year and a half was spent at second city improv olympic yeah then i took off you know because i did so much theater before i i went into second city uh -huh. and then when i moved here that's where that whole you know family came into you know and i still have you know connections with my uh with some of my um columbia college friends from here yeah. my best friends one of my best friends is Ooh, here, yeah. still here Jackie, but, um, and many others. I mean, it's just like, we're all, we, we all um, have the, the roots that we bring with us that, yeah. kind of, that ground us here. We need them. They're, they're so important. And, um, and with comedy, especially we, we have, we, that's, you, you need your friends around to laugh. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. It's fact that we, we didn't, but but we have similar backgrounds in that, so. I know. It's just, it's so strange. I mean, I'm, it, what I really want to say is I'm glad to know you now. I just, I, you know, I can't believe that with just all of the crossover that we didn't run into one another because we know so many of the nice, uh, nice people, you know. I think Whitney Melton is probably, well, no. Langer's was that first time that I really met you. And then it was just, I didn't realize that we had all of those connections afterwards, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe, did you know Abby before that too? Or? Knew, knew Abby, yeah, I knew her from, I knew her from Chicago for a little bit. 
and because uh yeah and that was part that was io uh mainly because that was hanging out with dana and julia but i think that abby i mean she might have been gone i think she kind of got out of there after 2000 as well so it was it was a reconnection meeting her out here and she was at langer's that day yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because she and I didn't become really good friends until we, we were out here. I oh. mean, we would see each other at uh, Cafe Voltaire when she would do her one-person shows and I was doing my, uh, uh, my nominal shows. Yeah. Um, we would sort of be ships in the night. Cafe Voltaire. And, uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Going back. Give me back. Yeah, yeah. The basement theater. <laughs> So low budge, low budge. Low budge. Uh, saw some great shows there. Saw some things that you you'll never ever see again there. Right. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful creative times. Um. And and so that. But we came. I I went to a, a show she did. Um. I don't know if it was plate. Was it plate or boxing chicken? One of her shows. I. I mean, she's gonna kill me. I don't remember which one. But she's. <laughs> um. She won't. She, she, but uh, but one of those shows, and I, I, because I thought I'm, ne I haven't, I never got to see any of her shows in Chicago. I'm gonna go to one now, and that's, and I did, and I was so impressed, and was, yeah, amazed by her talent, yeah. and, and so then we became friends after that, and uh, yeah, you know, it's, and and then you keep, you know, you keep those friendships alive. You you have to throughout, you know, through the this journey of living in Los Angeles, which can people say, you know, are very isolating. Um, but you despite know, it being beautiful here every day, <laughs> yeah, it being gorgeous, some days you just want to stay in. Sometimes it's just that. Sometimes it's that crippling, you know. Yes. Yeah. You're like, yeah, another day I'll see it. So, yeah, I'm not going to miss anything. Then tomorrow, <laughs> you know. But yeah. now I, I force my son to go out on walks because we're because we're inside so much, and he, I'm like, we are getting out. We have to get out. It's good for us to, you know, take a walk somewhere and uh, just just for 20 minutes, just to you know see see nature and see, uh, you know, even if it's another person that is just six feet away, you know, whatever, yeah. that's good. But there, uh, you, you have, you have to get outside of your house. <laughs> I think you have to be with um, the, you know, be with the outside world. You um, do. Yeah, nature's killing it right now because so few people <laughs> are out. Nature's back. Nature yeah. has made a comeback. There are some crazy things you can see in nature that you didn't think you'd ever see before. <laughs> I know. Bugs, lizards. Oh yeah, yeah, we're seeing a lot of those inside. Uh, you get coyotes out your way? You see a lot of coyotes out your way? We don't, mostly spiders. That's, <laughs> that's spiders are, there's, oh, spiders are everywhere this year. Uh, yeah, I don't. Not a fan. It's um, the year of the spider. Yeah, neither am I. No. Nah. No, Sean hates him worse than I do. I can kill him, but he he can he gets the shoe out and he's got fourteen you know <laughs> size fourteen feet, so he can really bat him. Um, I have to look for several shoes to you know yeah. kind of drum them till they're dead. 
but you know, <laughs> that's uh, yeah. And, and I, I'm not. I don't like them. I, I know you're supposed to kind of maybe take them and put them outside, but yeah, I I unwillingly do it. I I relocate yeah. most of the time, but then there are sometimes <laughs> that I'm like, no, you're too scary. Looking. Yeah. Good night, spider. <laughs> I'm glad I got the vacuum out right now because you're taking a trip. Here we go. <laughs> oh, vacuum. Wow. Oh, that's another thing I just got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's been a, a nice purchase. We hadn't bought a new vacuum in like probably since uh, living on Winona. So uh, I thought that was been like 15 years or something. It's a good upgrade. Hey, you know, we're going to just, we're going to live life to the fullest. We're going to clean. We're going to juice. We're going to bake. We're going to write. Yeah. Here's to living life to the fullest. Uh, Debbie, is there any, any other shout outs that you want to give? Because it's been a great conversation. It's been, it's been so awesome to. Ah. I don't, uh, not right away. I guess look out for Hot Cake 1986 is my website uh, for when it drops on Amazon next week. Um, and yeah, the other stuff is in post, so we, we don't have any real dates for that. Sean's, uh, Sean and I are working on another cartoon that uh, hopefully, you know, will make the, the festival uh, rounds and then my other short we'll we'll be making the festival rounds as well so we'll uh yeah and then who knows what else uh if if it's going to be anything it'll probably be virtual so (laughs) (laughs) i look forward to it well there you have it folks another exciting episode in the can the bad timing rides again what a way to come back from a little break Come back powerful. Yes, go visit her on her social media. Go visit her on her website. Uh, The things that she mentioned at the end, make sure you uh, go check Hotcake out, which apparently is coming to Amazon next week. What a perfect time. See, this is where bad timing becomes good timing because she actually had something to promote And it just so happened I asked at the right time for her to be my guest. So I'm feeling fortunate that my bad timing is becoming better. But I do want to reinforce that this is called Bad Timing with Velvet Tom. And please listen to it. Um, Such an exciting episode. I, I was really glad. After we recorded, we found out that we're also both Missourians. So she's from St. Louis. I'm from Kansas City. So again, we had another parallel that we hadn't quite cleared up in previous conversations. So I'm glad that that was just another reason why we should have known each other long before 2013. Because... <clears throat> I don't know, because Missouri is a small state, maybe, I don't know. Well, uh, thank you very much, folks. I do want to give a special shout-out. I will be appearing on a podcast as a guest called 80s Movie Montage with my friends Anna and Derek, and we talk about Batman 1989 and the Batmans beyond that. So be looking for that to uh, land on Tuesday because this is Sunday when you're listening to this. 
I love you guys. Please take care of yourselves. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. But most importantly, stay velvet.